Welcome to the Wellness Platform Podcast. I'm your host, Libby Ranger. In each episode, I hope to inspire you to find balance, happiness, and health so that you can flourish in all areas of your life. I'm a wellness coach and presenter passionate about mind-body connection. Let's motivate you to become the best version of yourself. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while since I recorded a solo episode and a really great idea came to mind the other day that I've never spoken about on the podcast, which is how to build your confidence, what seems like external confidence or just confidence in yourself. If you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while or you follow along with what I'm all about on Instagram, you'll know I'm really passionate about the brain. And I like to think, and I teach my clients, that confidence is just muscle and it's something that you need to really work on and can train up so that it's automatic for you and that you just wake up and you just are confident and it's just an automatic behavior. Before I get into it, I wanted to do a bit of a weekly update. I don't know if you guys have heard of another wellness podcast that I love. I was just telling Frankie about it before we started recording, but it's called The Wellness Cafe and it's hosted by a girl named Trinity and she always does like a little weekly update and it just actually so does Alexis from her podcast. But yeah, it makes me feel really connected to who I'm listening to. So my weekly update is I just went to Dunedin for the first time. I went to visit my little sisters down there who are at uni. And actually exciting, when I was in the airport, someone came up to me and said they really liked the episode that I did with Beatrice Thorne from Eve Wellness, all about periods and menstrual cycles and the different phases. So that was an exciting moment. But yeah, my wellness talks are a lot more consistent at the moment. I actually shared on Instagram maybe a couple of weeks ago about hitting my financial goal that I set myself for the month for the first time ever in about a year and a half. And sharing things like that sometimes feels a little bit I don't know, vulnerable or who really cares, but I got such an overwhelming response to just sharing about that side of the business. And a lot of people were like, wow, I thought you would have been earning crazy money already. And it's really inspired me with my own journey to just keep going and keep the consistency up. So that's really exciting. Now I just need to myself make that consistently what I'm earning. Today, I want to talk about self-confidence and or confidence. I'm going to use them interchangeably, even though they're slightly different. We know what we're talking about. Self-confidence is, I think, as I mentioned before, a skill. It's not a trait or something that we're just born with. I mean, we might be predisposed to it. We might come from parents who taught us to be confident within ourselves, but it is something that is nature versus nurture. It's not something that naturally comes to many of us. It's like a muscle that needs building up in a similar way that you build your muscles at the gym. And If you come back to thinking about the neural pathways in the brain, you wouldn't go to the gym once and expect to see results. And it's the same with anything you're trying to rewire into your brain, this being confidence. If you do any of these tips today that I'm going to suggest, or you start to think about them, if you do them once, that's great. If you do them twice, that's great. But if you never do them again, it's not enough for the brain to make those neural pathways automatic for you. I think we all kind of know that when we're talking about something like confidence or self-worth and self-love, it is about believing in yourself and it's about the relationship to self before anything else. It's not about the relationship that you have with your partner or your friends or your colleagues. When you feel really good about yourself internally, that's going to project into everyone and everything around you. 
So ultimately, it comes back to the relationship with yourself and really loving and accepting all of you, the good and the bad, and knowing also that you're capable of doing whatever you set your mind to and having your own back. I heard this thing the other day, I don't know where I heard it, but it was a good reminder for me that you can be the loudest person in the room or you might know someone who's the loudest person in the room but they might be suffering with that internal self-confidence. And equally, you might be a bit more of an introvert, but you might be quietly confident and that you're not needing to be the loudest person in the room and you're confident in yourself and what you say and being heard. So confidence is a bit complicated, but I think you'll have an internal knowing if it's something that you want to work on. And I think we can always be working on it. I think if you're not sure, for me, a lack of self-confidence would be Things like fear of being judged, not backing yourself, maybe some general anxiety around decisions that you make, nervousness of situations. You know, if you get presented with a situation that's something new, maybe there's new people, maybe it's out of your comfort zone and feeling quite anxious and nervous and feeling like you maybe need someone there with you. All of that is just a little bit of lack and means you can be doing maybe a couple of these things that I'm going to suggest to start to really strengthen your own confidence. I think also a few years ago when I was studying NLP over in London, I was always second guessing my decisions. I was second guessing who I was, even trivial things like posting something on Instagram and then starting to have a wobble, deleting it because a specific person had viewed it. That sort of not trusting yourself to make the right decisions. I think a lack of confidence comes from those sort of things. For me, I think with my confidence journey, I do public speaking, I guess it's public speaking, but I speak to big groups of people weekly now and I put my voice out here on the podcast and I think it hasn't always been like that. Naturally, I do like speaking, but it's also been a consistent progress of letting go of what others think. If you're starting a podcast, starting a business, posting things on social media, maybe you are taking on a new role at work or you are putting yourself out there to date or meet new people, you might have to do some work around letting go of what others think. I know that I had to do that and I've done that now and I did that through one of the steps that I'm going to take you through today. I'm going to take you through seven tangible things that you can do to increase your confidence. But before I do that, I just wanted to say that Just tune in for a second and ask yourself this. If you spoke to your friends like you speak to yourself, would you have any friends? It's a bit of an oldie but a goodie, that line, but I think it's always relevant because I know that, you know, a couple of years ago I was applying for jobs. I really wanted this job. I didn't get it. And I was cooking dinner in my kitchen, just sort of ruminating, going to myself, you weren't qualified, you didn't go to university, you were never going to get it. And I know that if one of my good friends called me up and said, Libby, I didn't get the job, I wouldn't be standing there saying, well, you didn't go to university, you weren't qualified, you were never going to get it. I would be saying, you know, you're amazing, there's something better around the corner for you, and I'd be really building them up. And I think negative self-talk is quite deeply rooted in our society. It's very normal to talk badly about ourselves but it's not a way to live. Your internal voice is the voice that you are going to hear the most out of any voice in the whole entire world, and you shouldn't spend life at war with yourself. So even that is a simple way to start, just to tune in and become aware. What are you saying to yourself? Is it positive? Is it useful? Is it confidence building? Or are you constantly doing little put downs to yourself all day? Because that is going to take its toll. So I've got eight tips that I think are really helpful to start to work on your confidence. And you might pick one or two of these, but I recommend whichever one that you pick, that you really do it consistently to see the change. The first one that I've put here is to step out of your comfort zone. 
our comfort zone is a very comfortable place and it's very familiar. And when I was working with clients a few years ago that had a lot of chronic pain and ongoing health conditions, sometimes there's a bit of work to be done around the comfort zone. And what I mean by that is it's comfortable to stay where we are sometimes. It's never intentional, but it's actually harder to step into the unfamiliar. The more that you step out of your comfort zone and the more that you push yourself to do things that you fear, the more you build that confidence in yourself. And at the start of the year, I got presented with a really exciting opportunity. It actually since got cancelled due to COVID, but I think it's going to be postponed until a bit later in the year. But it was the first time in a while where I got a phone call getting asked to do a speaking thing. That really scared me. I was like, there's no way I can speak with that person. I'm not good enough. You know, that classic internal voice that's going to pop up every now and again popped up for me. And it was like a nervous feeling. I reflected on it and I was going to say no. I spoke to a few friends and I was like, look, I don't think I'm actually at this level. And they were like, you're capable of more than you think. You would tell us to do it. And so by pushing the limit, I got all prepared for that event and hopefully it does go through later in the year. But when I do it, it will be stepping out of my comfort zone and I know that I can do it. It might feel nerve wracking. I might have butterflies leading up to it. But once I've done it, that is only going to strengthen that confidence that I have about my speaking abilities. So on this one, I would say push the limits. If it's a bit nerve wracking for you to go out for lunch by yourself, then do it. And afterwards, it's like you've unlocked a new level. Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt today's episode to mention my new ebook, which is a mini guide to resetting and rewiring the brain. It covers a few topics that I love and is a great starting point to get you thinking about what you really want, setting goals and how to get them. If you use the code podcast on my website, you'll get it for half price. I recommend printing it out and making a little exercise out of it. I've done it a few times myself and I always feel really inspired afterwards. It will be in the show notes and it's also on my website and Insta bio. Enjoy. Number two is to really reflect on the good stuff. And I shared this exercise on my Instagram stories a couple of months ago, but it is really, really powerful. And so what I do from time to time is I write down a list of things that I've achieved that I'm really proud of in recent times. You could also write down a list of things that you're good at or your positive qualities, your strengths. And there's something about writing them down on paper, which is really cathartic. You could write it down in your notes app, maybe on your commute on the train to work or something like that. But rather than just thinking them and then letting your mind wander, there's something really powerful about noting them down and then making sure that you keep them somewhere where you'll see them every day. So for example, I wrote down in my notebook where I write down my to-do list, I just wrote down 10 things that I'm really proud of that I've achieved in the last few months. And every few mornings when I flick past that page, I read it and it really does build that confidence for me for that day. It's really easy to tick things off, tick goals off, and then forget about them and move on to the next thing. But when I read back in a row 10 things that I've achieved that I'm really proud of, that gives me an instant boost. So if I'm having a flat moment or maybe I didn't lock in the talk that I wanted to, I can just look back at that list and go, yep, actually I'm on track and I'm doing well. Move on. It's like an instant little rewiring. You can then look at them every day or as often as you want. But I have suggested this activity to a few of my clients who've been experiencing imposter syndrome and I've found it really helpful. Number three is to be aware that self-confidence comes from your thoughts. And we know that the brain's default mode is to look, for majority of us, is to look for things that are negative, things that are wrong. Just quickly, from an evolutionary perspective, this is because way back when our ancestors were out 
foraging for berries in the forest, they needed to be aware of times of danger and famine and stress and death. And they didn't need to be aware of times of warmth and safety and when everything was great in the cave. And so when people tend to say that humans have a negativity bias, a lot of people put it down to that. But you can also be aware that these are just thoughts. And when a negative thought about yourself pops up, you can actually just tell it to be quiet and get on with your life. It sounds really simple, but when I'm going on about rewiring the brain, yes, there's techniques you can do. Yes, there's things we can do in the subconscious mind, but sometimes it's actually just being a little bit firm with yourself and going, okay, Libby, I'm not going there today and thinking a new thought. Also, what you can do is have some confident mantras ready for you when this happens to override the negative. So for example, if you have a presentation coming up for work and you're nervous and you start to think, oh, what if it goes wrong? Maybe I'm not qualified, et cetera. You'll have a little mantra there that goes, I can do challenging things and I'm going to feel amazing afterwards. Something like that. Number four is to keep setting goals. In the same breath, I've got other episodes on setting goals and how to feel content where you are. And I think it's really important to be present. But I know that for myself, setting goals helps to give me a fresh focus and to create excitement in my life, which in turn builds self-confidence when you've got things to look forward to, things to work towards. It's just a general good serotonin feeling in the body. I would also suggest, like I did before, to write them down, perhaps review them regularly with a friend, a mentor or a coach to check that you're on track. And just know that small promises to yourself build trust in yourself. So if you, for example, have a goal to work on your mental health and for you, you'd really love to do that by meditating for 10 minutes a day, then do it for 10 minutes a day for a week. It's like building blocks again. That will give you a little bit of confidence and trust in yourself that you can do what you say you're going to do. Because for many of us, many times we say things like, I want to go to the gym, I want to put more hours into my study. I want to make more time for my friends and we don't really follow through. And then that in turn builds a little bit of that opposite of confidence. It's that lack of confidence because we know that we don't really do what we say we're going to do. In terms of little habits like meditation or whatever they might be, I actually have just discovered a really cool app. It's called Habit. It's got a little pink tick on it if you see it in the app store. And what I've been doing is just writing my four or five things I really want to get done every day. For me, I've never really done meditation consistently. I've never really done workouts consistently. I'm a bit sporadic. I think it's because I'm a Gemini, but whatever, that's my story I tell myself. But I've been doing this habit app for about seven days now, and I've done it every single day, 30 minutes of reading, taking my supplements, having meditation. Not that I'm going to be using an app forever, But from a brain training perspective, we know the brain needs consistency to form a habit. So I know that if I use the app as my little guide for, say, a couple of weeks, probably by the third week, I'll just be craving to do these things without needing the app to remind me, if that makes sense. So that's a little tip. Number five is to invest in yourself. And what I mean by that is putting aside some money and investing in yourself, whether that's enrolling on a new course, learning a new skill, working with a coach, maybe for you, you know that you would benefit from a few therapy sessions. Maybe it's exercise regularly and it might be something like you know that you thrive when you go to yoga, but the barrier there is that it's a little bit more expensive than say a cheap gym membership, but that might be the investment that you make. Maybe it's eating well to boost your confidence in how you feel, but you feel like there's a bit of a barrier there. I know that sometimes it might seem to live a healthy life. It can be expensive, but I know that investing in yourself is 
the best investment that you can make. It's about priorities as well. So I'm not saying that I splash out on all of the things that make me feel amazing, but I know that when I eat regularly well and I go to yoga and I do a new course once every few months, those things build my confidence personally. So maybe for you, maybe you've been putting off speaking to someone or getting a coach or buying an online course, but I know that it will be money well spent. Just ask yourself what you need. Maybe do a little wheel of life. If you don't know what this is, Google it, but you can basically do a bit of a life audit for yourself. You know, if you need rest, maybe you treat yourself to half a day at a spa, or maybe there's something on the outside that you'd actually like to invest in. You like to get your hair dyed, but it's a bit of a barrier, you know, work towards that. It doesn't always have to be internal. I'm much of the belief if you feel confident in how you look, that's going to also project as well. Okay, number six is to let go of toxic people in your life. I've actually done this in the last year, just a couple of people here and there, but just really, again, doing a bit of a life audit, doing a friendship audit. The people that are close to you are the people that you you become like, you mirror them. If you think about in NLP, we talk a lot about mirroring. And, you know, if you hang out with someone and when you sit down for coffee, they start dragging you into all of the negative things that are going on in their life. The subconscious mind is going to mirror that. So you might go into that coffee on a high and go, I'm not going to let my friend get to me today. But unfortunately, if you sit with them for an hour, a couple of times a week, that is going to impact you to some level. And I'm not saying you go around cutting everyone out because there might be people in your life that you're never going to cut out no matter how negative or whatever they might be. But it is about just having those boundaries. And if there are a few people that you know that, hey, I don't actually see a really genuine, valuable friendship here, maybe you just start to slowly cull them out. It sounds savage, but it's 2022. There's no time for spending time with people that don't lift you up. And if it's like, say, a sibling or a family member, then there's probably more area there to maybe give them some feedback. Or maybe it's a dear friend. You're like, they're horrible, but I love them. Have a conversation with them. It might seem hard to do, but in the long run, people have had tricky conversations with me before. And once I was in London and one of my best friends in London said to me, you know, Libby, you're really flaky and I can never trust that you're going to come out for coffee with me because you never do. And I mean, yeah, I did used to do that. Like I used to live in London and it was really hard sometimes to drag myself an hour and a half on the tube to see her. And I was being really flaky. And when she told me that, I was like quite offended. I was like, oh my God, I hate you. I don't want to be friends. But the next day I was like, no, she's right. And I needed to be called out on that. And I think these days I'm hardly ever flaky because of that conversation. So, you know, if you've got a friend, sometimes it is about having a crucial conversation with them. It might benefit them in the long run. If not, it might be time to let go of people who don't tickle your friendship boxes. I recently just read a book last week. It's called The Mindful High Performer by Chelsea Pottinger. And it's really great for change in the workplace and just kind of having a balanced life and all of that stuff. But there was a section on signs of a fulfilling friendship. So I'll read them out. So maybe think of someone in your life and see if these boxes are ticked. Because I found this really helpful. It's so simple, but very effective. Okay, number one, after spending time together, you both feel happy and content. Number two, you can be 100% yourselves around each other. Number three, you encourage each other to follow your dreams and goals. Number four, you're not afraid to show each other some tough love. See, yeah, that's what I was meaning before, tough love, but keep it respectful and kind. Number five, you don't try to chip each other down or hold each other back. Number six, you let go of your ego in their presence. 
Number seven, you make each other feel at ease. Number eight, you support each other during the highs and lows. Number nine, you make each other feel more confident. How fitting for our confident episode, but it's so true. There are people that will make snarky little comments when you're doing well and you're on a successful high. And that's only coming from them. That's nothing on you. But over time, again, if you've got someone like that in your life, if you have three spare hours in a week to spend with friends and family, are they who you want to be spending time with? And the last one here is you're happy for each other's successes and never jealous. So yeah, just food for thought, but you know, checking in the people that you spend time with, can you be authentic around them? Do they lift you up? Do they inspire you? Do you give and receive equally? All of that stuff. Number seven is to make an effort. So this is kind of like what I was saying on number six, but it's just to really look after yourself. There's a huge trend. I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but there's such a trend on TikTok at the moment, like eating well and hot girl walks, staying hydrated, doing your skincare, having a capsule wardrobe. And for sure, some of it is a little bit superficial, but I think there's a lot behind it in that, you know, if you put the time into yourself and you know you're looking after yourself, you're going to look better, whether that's just, you know, feeling rested and hydrated and all of that good stuff. And then that confidence is going to flow into other areas of your life. Don't underestimate sometimes the external stuff because I know that if I've had a good sleep, I've been fueling my body with good food, I'm drinking water and I'm wearing an outfit that makes me feel confident. I'm well ahead of my confidence for the day just by doing that. Number eight is the last one and it is similar to confident mantras, it's affirmations. I think affirmations personally helped me the most with my public speaking. So when I started speaking to big groups, of course, I would get nervous, I would doubt myself, I would think I'm too young for them to take me seriously all of that stuff. But I know that affirmations, which are basically repetitive statements that you say to yourself that are positive, over time, they do sink into your subconscious mind 100%. If you need ideas for some, I would suggest Googling Louise Hay or buying her book, You Can Heal Your Life. She's queen affirmations. She's actually passed away now, but she healed her cancer through affirmations and she's a great person to look into. But yeah, affirmations where you're getting ready. I know that sometimes I often do my talks in the morning and I might be like, oh, this is a big company or even podcast interviews, you know, when I have like slightly what I perceive to be more important guests or exciting guests, I get a bit nervous. A couple of affirmations when you're getting ready really sends the brain in that positive direction, being your own hype person. It might be things like doing your makeup. I feel confident. I am confident. I look great. I'm kind. Whatever it is you're working towards, finding a couple and making them your everyday thing until they sink in. And I think affirmations are one of those things where you might feel like they're not really doing much. You might do them for a week and go, oh, I'm over that. But I've been doing affirmations for years and I know how potent they are. I've done them around money mindset. I've done them around confidence. I've done them around all sorts of things, body image. You can find one that you need. You can find your perfect affirmation that you need and then go for it. If it's about this episode, I do it for confidence. How do you want to feel? Make up your affirmation, find an affirmation, put it on your phone background, write it on a piece of paper, say it every morning until it just becomes. Okay, well, that brings me to the end of my eight mini tips. I hope you got something from this. I think the last thing I wanted to say was just also 
keeping in mind that life is always going to be a balance and there's always going to be ratios in all areas. You're never going to be 100% confident. For example, one of my clients the other day is a young mom and she's just sort of overwhelmed with all the tasks that she has to do. And it's like, well, if you're a good mom and you have a tidy house half of the time and your kids are happy, then that's okay. It's also about finding content because that's going to build confidence as well. If you're always looking for things to be better. You've got to lean into life as well and just kind of accept the emotions for what they are sometimes. If you're happy most of the time, you're confident most of the time, you're doing work on yourself. If you feel like you need to, then you're doing well. And we're not meant to be perfect 100% of the time. So I hope you guys got something out of these confidence tips. I know that they've helped me a lot in my journey. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you if you did. Thank you guys so much for listening, for being open to new ideas and conversations. If you loved this episode, I would appreciate if you could share it around with someone who you think would enjoy it or share it on your Instagram. It really does help me to keep creating the podcast. You can follow me over on Instagram at the underscore wellness platform. I'm always around to chat and love to connect. Have a magical day. Tap into your full potential and see how you can harness the mind-body connection.